and welcome to Conscript's Corner. I'm Mike, the resident tournament-going competitive tryhard, and sadly, Hugh has been taken off to see the Commissar today. Um, hopefully it's all fine. And as in the Imperial Guard, there are always plenty of Conscripts to go around. So today we've got Benedict with us. Hello, Benedict. How are you doing? Hello, everyone. Pleasure to be here. I'm very well, although I think I'll already disagree with you and say that Nurgling might be a little more appropriate than Conscript in this particular <laughs> podcast episode. <laughs> Quite possibly, yeah. Done any hobby recently? Yes, I'm, uh, I've been quite productive in the past few weeks after suffering from painting burnout for a few months. I've uh, recently started a Thousand Suns army and was uh, ground down by the sheer amount of fine detail on my uh, all my infantry that I have. But that's all done now and I'm focusing on the Primarch himself. So uh, I'm in a rather good hobby mood. How about yourself, Mike? Oh, I'm grinding through some Alaris Terminators at the moment. As you'll all know from last episode, I am uh, an avid Cosonis player, but I didn't really have any of those lovely Terminator units since they weren't that competitive previously, although now they uh, they should be quite good on the tabletop. But yeah, so you're obviously a, a, a bit more of a heretic. So <laughs> Prefer the term enlightened. <laughs> Your second Demon Primark then. Uh, yes, moved on to um, Magnus and uh, his children after getting a little bit tired of um, painting my models by pouring pots and pots of Agrax Earthshade over them. But I have to say, after the recent update the Death Guard have had, I cannot wait to return to them. Well, absolutely. So War of a Spider wasn't just good for custodians, it's good for all the toughest infantry in the galaxy. Um, they look very, very interesting with Death Guard now. Have you uh, played Death Guard for a while then? Um, I've played though. I returned to Warhammer after quite a long break, um, about just under two years ago, and that was with the Death Guard. I'd played at only Tau before, and uh, I started them because I like the colour green, and <laughs> I liked heavy infantry in like in Warhammer, in computer games, in literature, and everything. I just love the sound of elite heavy infantry, and I heard these were the guys to go for, and also another friend wanted the Primaris from the uh, Plague War box or whatever it was called, so uh, it was a kind of natural way to get into it, and uh, yeah, I loved collecting them, and I love all of their juicy custom Terminators and characters and things like that. Yeah, well, they are the heaviest infantry in the game, arguably, apart from maybe Custodes, so what, what have their strengths been previously? I mean, they're very, very tough models, aren't they, but they're quite slow. How do you find them to play? I found they were a very forgiving um, army to start off with, mainly because they were so tough, you could get away with making quite a few mistakes and kind of still continue the game and have a chance of staying in there, even if things were quite heavily against you. Yes, they were slow, and I think I tended to go with a bit of a kind of blob that, again, wasn't too hard to control and had to do with a lot of overlapping auras, etc., to kind of keep things rolling forward and keep things strong. Not so much a thinking man's army. However, I would completely reassess that now with the yeah. amount of extra things we have to think about as we play. Definitely. I was going to say, so you've got a lot of characters in that book, really, haven't you? They released, I don't know, dozens of them, really, when the Death Guard first came up as an army. But all of them didn't really do very much, being a very early 8th edition book. Whereas now, you've actually got some really interesting aura abilities. Definitely. It was, it definitely, the Death Guard Codex does suffer from being an early codex. Kind of power creep aside, it's just got a lot of those weird rules like um, the kind of incomplete re-rolls compared to later codexes and things, abilities maybe not being quite as strong as the developers might have thought they were. I, I think mm -hmm. a good example is the Plague Surgeon, which is probably 
my favorite infantry model in the entire game. I love it. And I, I love the paint job I did on mine. And I wrote a whole little narrative around who he was. And he was my warlord and stuff. But he was absolutely terrible. But no longer. <laughs> no, definitely not. I mean, that, that's the thing, isn't it? it it's, it's all very early 8th edition stuff. And a lot of the stratagems you had, you didn't even have that many to begin with. But a lot of them were locked to kind of mediocre units and really by the end of 8th edition it was relying on the innate strength of those models that toughness five and that discussing the resilient to actually just hang in there still whereas now maybe you've got some more offensive power to go along with that yeah absolutely i i think also as the edition went on as armies got stronger and stronger the death guard weren't getting any more resilient and they did really suffer from having that kind of one wound profile and not much else to stop that going on there was just this kind of static tactic of uh, you have one blob in front probably pox walkers to absorb fire and you put cloud of flies on your plague marine blob behind so they can't be targeted and that's what you relied on which i have to say after a while just stopped being fun and i i moved on to yeah. other armies because there was really a very few variations on how to play them most games were the same i'd end games with cp left over because there wasn't really much i wanted to spend it on sure um, but as I say, now you could spend all of your CP before the match. <laughs> you were spoiled for choice. And it might even be a good idea to do so, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, what do you think is the biggest thing that you've got from this new book from War of the Spider? What are the key strengths of this book? Well, I think there are probably two ways to approach that question. Personally, I'm a sort of player, I like to win, but... I also like the story along with my army. So when I write army lists, I'm interested in making the strongest, one of the stronger lists possible with a monofaction army that kind of fits the sort of loose narrative. For example, um, I might field lots and lots of plague marines because I like plague marines. Uh, they, I like to fill the board with them and I will kind of go all in on making them as strong as possible, um, which you know, before I couldn't really, you, you can do a bit, whereas now there are just so many options to make them a lot stronger. Mm. This is great, first of all, and actually this extends to a lot of different plague styles, uh, play styles, not play, Freudian slip there. <laughs> uh, one of the best things about this book is the sheer variety and how you can play death guard now you can lean into kind of plague weapons you can lead into terminators or your plague marines themselves uh, you can even get rid of all the, that niggle for death guard players which is the sheer amount of units that have just been copy pasted into this codex from care space marines that don't have disgustingly resilient have lower toughness profiles don't have plague weapons that just kind of you know it was just this background <laughs> annoyance for yeah players who you know really were getting into the narrative or competitively as well because you know all the death guard upgrades are great and they just didn't Absolutely. apply to all these units so now like your army fits together a lot better and with one collection you could do so many different play styles you are not playing the same game every single game anymore mm. definitely i think i absolutely agree there's there's so many buffs here that actually make it a more flavorful army it's the same as custodians we were talking about a couple of weeks ago in that you've now got an army that, in ninth edition, will have CP to actually spend on these stratagems, and then has stratagems to buff the core units, which are what you'd imagine being there in the fluff, which is just a massive boon to both competitive players and to anyone interested in the narrative, really. Absolutely. So you've got quite a lot of this book. We've got core stratagems for everyone to use. You've got 
six more relics. I'm a bit of a shame I didn't make it seven, really, but never mind. (laughs) And then then you've got seven plague companies that each give you a warlord trait, a relic, and a couple of stratagems. So there's one thing we should probably start with, which is those relics are all kind of good, but there's one which is just going to make a previously not be seen unit a compulsory buy to every army, which is the Demon's Toll for Noxious Lightbringer. It uh, allows them to have an aura, a 7-inch aura, of 5 plus invulnerable save to all friendly Death Guard units except cultists and boxwalkers. And that's such a massive defensive buff for all those units which previously, you know, 16-point Plague Marines are a bit fragile, really even with Discussing the Resilient. But with Discussing the Resilient and a 5 plus in one, they're looking quite tough, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, this is playing into what I said before about kind of large blobs of infantry marching slowly across the board, but nothing stopping them. This is exactly how Death Guard perform in the fluff. And... Certainly when I was playing towards the beginning of last edition and you'd have just Hellblasters countering you all the time because you just couldn't deal with that minus AP and the two wound damage profile. This just, it makes an absolutely huge difference. And actually, I was using the Noxious Blightbringer. Um, I, I'd have a couple of Rhinos around to shift Plague Marines and characters around, but I quite liked having a blob that could sit at the back, maybe cap an objective and then... Uh, be able to advance forward and Plague Marines being so slow. These guys were a much needed buff, allowing you to roll two dice for the advance and discard the lowest. And it made a, when your base move is five inches and then suddenly you might be moving like 10, 11 inches with this buff kind of a lot of the time, it makes a huge difference. And now that the board is smaller too, it's uh, kind of even more potent. Well, absolutely. So a lot of the new missions, right, they've got objectives on both sides of the board. There's not that many central objectives anymore for Ninth Edition. There's a lot that are on, you know, the two board edges, nearly. And you will all have seen the Four Pillars mission, which was advertised by GW on Warhammer Commuting. And that's got four objectives that are kind of central, but they're 10 inches out from the middle and then towards the board edges. So the fact you'd be able to go up both flanks, maybe, by taking a couple of noxious bike bringers and actually get there quicker and get onto those objectives and fulfill the primary missions and make them a lot more competitive and able to get where they need to be. But yeah, are there any other of these relics which you think are worth uh, talking about? Uh, yeah, I do. I do. I like, I really like the Epidemicist Blade, which is uh, for the a Demon Prince. And it's a, first of all, it's a Hellforged sword and which is, stands out in itself because everyone would take Demon Princes with two sets of Malefic Talons. Mm. They'd give you Seven attacks at a good profile, um, strength seven, AP minus two, two damage, just great for tearing through Primaris. Um, this is noteworthy for two reasons. First of all, it's plus one strength to get you to that vital strength eight, which is fantastic. Still AP minus two and a flat three damage, and you get mortal wounds on a six. Um, it's also a plague weapon, which both makes this significantly better because I really don't see people running anything but plague weapons now with all of these stacking buffs you can get to re-roll the wound rolls on plague weapons and when paired with the um, soul harvest stratagem for one cp it allows you to add three attacks to a demon prince's attack characteristic if they're wielding either a hellforged sword or axe so now you're no longer suffering from that um, lower lower attack bracket you can mince 
pretty much any unit. And you're getting Death of the False Emperor against a lot of the armies you're going to be facing as well. So it okay. just seems to me almost an auto-include. It's it's very, very powerful. I definitely agree. It's very strong, isn't it? I mean, there weren't that many good relics, really, in the Death Guard Codex. But this, for example, I mean, you know, having those extra exploding sixes with it and then exploding sixes from Death of the False Emperor are going to... It's going to be quite a lot of attacks, actually. Especially if you're boosting up to eight attacks on the charge with Soul Harvest, as you say. Uh, you're going to get a couple of sixes at least and, you know, get almost more hits than you uh, actually rolled hit dice. Yeah, it was a um, it was a, a strange one with relics for Death Guard, really. You'd, um, you'd just take the armor relic, which would give you a two-up save in your Demon Prince. And mm-hmm. um, we did have, we have a lot of really good Warlord traits and not very many good relics. And you just yeah. kind of stack these on the Demon Prince and just make him unkillable and stick him in combat and the benefits you get would just be from him staying alive rather than doing a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. With this, you can comfortably wipe elite units Absolutely. very, very effectively. And essentially, because you're already hitting on twos, re-rolling ones, and you're probably re-rolling all wounds now for Arch Contaminator, which is the must-have Warlord trait, you're re-rolling <laughs> everything. Like, there's not much surviving that. Well, Arch Contaminator, as you say, it's a really powerful Warlord trait. It's one you probably saw most often, but there are other good Warlord traits. And that leads us very nicely onto the stratagems, because you've got now the stratagem Plague Chosen, which lets you add another Warlord trait. And actually, it's not limited to once per battle, so you could add as many extra Warlord traits as you wanted in your army, as many as you've got characters anyway. So how might that change your builds, do you think? <laughs> well, that that was uh, hilarious when I, I kind of, you told me about that for the second time, because I'd assumed it was just once. And then the amount while you can't have duplicate warlord traits, Death Guard have so many good ones. I just I wanted to give everything that could take one away. <laughs> I think um one of the kind of big changes with War of the Spider is that a lot, uh, barring Arch Contaminator, a lot of the good Death Guard warlord traits were just about making that one model more resilient, like mm. more toughness, better disgusting resilience, regenerating wounds, um, that sort of thing. Whereas a lot of the new warlord traits kind of buffing in auras or introducing mechanics we've not seen before with the Death Guard. Really, you can kind of build your own custom warlord to act very differently. There's a lot of auras that give you kind of minus one AP for things around you against different sorts of targets. It's again going heavily into this buffing aura for all of your infantry or vehicles or whatever is around you which I like, particularly now that we have to pay a lot more attention to how your units are organised, where they're positioned, how close your characters are to them, how many you have in that unit. Definitely. Well, that's that's the other thing, isn't it? Given the new changes to character targeting, you're going to want those characters next to the units now rather than you know holding a backfield objective, for example. So being able to give them ones that buff those units they're next to is quite a, a, a big difference. And I mean, the other thing it lets you do is you can take Mortarion as your Warlord and the Supreme Command Detachment now, and then give something else a generic character, a buffing trait as well. Absolutely. It always uh, was a bit of a dilemma for me, who on the one hand, I, you know, you want the Primarch to be the leader. They should be the leader. <laughs> but on the other hand, you've got so many other good Warlord traits to choose from. Mortarion probably doesn't need Arch Contaminator himself, which is the Warlord trait he has to take. And um, he's also going to get shot off the board half the time, turn one. Definitely. Well, I mean, that's another change, of course, with 9th edition that makes Mortarion much more viable, is that you can now outflank him. It's going to be 3 CP, but I mean, if you're fighting against a very big shooty army, for example, it gives you a couple of turns to clear everything off with your now tremendous Death Guard Bolt, as we'll get to in a second, and then (laughs) bring Mortarion on, you know, within six inches of the board edge, and then charge him straight into combat. Yeah, and you hope by that point that your 
disgustingly resilient Death Guard have actually managed to weather a lot of the fire. And there's a lot more of um, the kind of, well, if you're playing 2,000 points, the uh, three quarters of your army left than there would be for anyone else, which is, you know, the fear when you're leaving a, a Primarch model off the board. Mm. Are you getting that value? But with Death Guard, you can kind of hope, yes, your army will still be intact enough for you to get the benefit of bringing Mortarion on later. Absolutely agree. Yeah, definitely. So one of the things when I was looking at Death Guard Codex, I was kind of struck by was how many options Plague Marines have. <laughs> And yet how expensive they are meant that you didn't see most of these options to begin with, which is such a shame to now. But I think you're going to see a lot more different builds of them now and actually see them being the core of Death Guard armies. So Plague Marines have got a lot of strategies actually affecting now, haven't they? They have indeed. Uh, they can be <laughs> lethal with the most previously the one of the worst weapons in the game, the, the vanilla Space Marine Bolter. They can take a huge kind of panoply of different melee weapons with special weapons. Uh, they can turn all of their weapons into plague weapons in some, one way or another, which mm. is great. And they also, you know, came down in points steadily throughout last edition. We'll, we'll see what happens with the ninth yeah. points changes. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if they go up a little bit, but I, I think probably they won't don't won't want to nerf them off the bat as this codex is focused around making mm -hmm. plague marines viable in whatever way you want to play them so i'm i'm very hopeful and i would like to say that th yeah the plague marines have so many options there's a big rent i'm quite careful with my books but there's a rent down the middle of the page because i've thumbed to the plague, plague marine <laughs> loadout page so many times it's like it's torn the spine in half <laughs> <laughs> no i bet i bet well i mean one of the biggest buffs i think to plague marines is that they're now quite a threat at range and in melee so i mean at range obviously they just have bolters right which are i mean they could rapid fire at 18 inches which is decent but when everyone got the uh, bolter discipline rule that mattered much less but now they can make their bolters into plague weapons for example with their, the new strategy virulent rounds which makes their bolters plague weapons and would make them on a wound roll of six have an ap of minus four which changes the maths quite a lot on what they're doing against i don't know say a primaris marine it really does. And I think the, the major thing that this does as well, as we've been saying so far, a lot of the new aura buffs and strats to make units more survivable uh, encourages you to take playing marines in a large unit, a big blob, and mm. to get maximum value out of this stratagem and other stratagems you want to combine with it, you don't want to be splitting them between little blobs. However, in last edition, the only way to kind of make playing marines have any sort of punch and give them any other job than just standing on an objective in the backfield is to take lots of small units of five and mm -hmm. give like the champion a plasma gun and then two of the other special weapons either plasma guns or blight launchers probably sure. or make them a combat squad whereas now you are encouraged you can those plague marines with bolters aren't just ablative wounds now and um, they're actually effective Absolutely. So, I mean, obviously, if you stack this with, let's say, arch contaminators so that are rerolling to wound, you then go do some real damage to any like T4 units. And, and if you're trying to attack anything anything tougher, you could have, of course, uh, pop veterans of a long war to a plus one to wound. Um, there's some really nasty combos there, especially if you add on relentless volleys, another new stratagem, which lets you make your rapid fire weapons rapid fire two. So then a squad of 20 Plague Marines with just a basic loadout, for example, which is going to run you 320 points, let's say, is going to be chucking out 80 bolter shots, re-rolling to wound and AP minus four on sixes. That's actually a real threat to most things in the game. <laughs> it absolutely is. And it's it's just very pleasant to see 
that you kind of have these uh, Chaos Marines actually, you know, instilling fear in the battlefield. And I, I'm quite looking forward to maybe my first few games of ninth with these new rules where actually, you know, people kind of have remembered what old Death Guard are like and aren't really scared of the Plague Marines and then suddenly get absolutely shredded by their bolters. <laughs> I agree. You've also, of course, then got the combat weapons, which are the Plague Knives, right? So everyone's armed with a Plague Knife and it's what, S4 AP non, one damage? But plague weapons are reroll ones to wound. Yep. Which yeah, you know before not... the re- the reroll one is is nice, particularly because chaos don't really have that kind of or death god don't have that lieutenant reroll one to wound aura that uh, space marines have, um, and it, it can make a bit of a difference. But again, with that no AP one damage, it never really did that much, particularly <laughs> against kind of two wound primaris. Yeah, definitely. But now, of course, you can stack it with trench fighters, right? So trench fighters is another new strategy. So as anyone listening can tell, they're going to be quite a CP intensive army now. But trench fighters, which gives them an an extra attack each with a plague knife, which, of course, when you've got 20 of them, is 20 more attacks, which is quite significant, it turns out. It is indeed. It's their kind of the with their kind of bolt of death, and then as they move forward and charge, they are the the death of screens really. While they scream for maybe your more effective uh, kind of melee characters, your demon princes, and actually the plague marines. If you're taking a large unit, you can definitely fit in like loads of bolter marines to make bolter death work, who have their own knives to help things. Mm. But then also these very really quite potent. Uh, special melee weapons that plague marines can also take that like never leave home without a plague flail they're one of the best weapons in the game yeah because plague flails are quite unique aren't they and that the damage from spills over like mortal wounds it's it's really fantastic um they you know if you're against a another army particularly if they're kind of similar to death guard in that they're expensive elite infantry but Mm. only have one wound so i'm kind of thinking um probably like grey knight strike squads uh thousand sons uh, even sisters to be honest anyone who's paying a lot for their armor save but not for their wounds uh the damage carries on and for every like armor save they fail they're losing two two models for that and it's just as good against you know two wound primos marines or anyone even stronger more than that they're strength six ap minus two re-rolling wound rolls of one or you'll probably have your auras online so all wound rolls and you can put veterans on the long war on them Th- these are dangerous to vehicles as well they're they're great i love them well, it make them even more dangerous to vehicles of course by using life eater right so that's another strategy which lets you um each unmodified hit roll of six scores a hit and successfully wounds so i mean versus uh well any imperium ones for start you're gonna if you're against an imperium vehicle your sixes will explode. They don't count as sixes themselves, that's fine. Um, but those sixes to hit automatically hit and wound. If you're strength four, hitting a T8 vehicle, that doubles the amount of wounds you're going to do. And that in itself is quite powerful, really. It is. I have to say, this is one of the stratagems that I'm less convinced of because the Death Guard have so many ways to introduce a plus one to wound. And while we can't stack that mm-hmm. anymore, um, we have psychic power to give us plus one to wound in melee and mortal wounds on sixes, veterans of the long war on any infantry unit. It's. I think you're probably going to be saving your CP for other things, but that just because you're so strong against high toughness targets in so many other ways. Sure, sure. Well, I mean, one of the other ways you could just make it more reliable is you're probably going to take a Plague Surgeon now for reasons we'll come to a bit later. But you can give a plague, upgrade a Plague Surgeon pre-game with a 1CP strat again to give reroll wound rolls of 1 and 2 to Plague Weapons within uh, 6 inches of that model. Yeah, it's a mini Arch Contaminator and it's, yeah, it's mini great. Arch- Particularly if you're going to... 
as I predict might happen, you're if you don't play like one large blob going forward, as you mentioned, objectives tend to be kind of spread out, not in the middle. You're probably mm-hmm. going to push down on two flanks. So having two bubbles yeah. of re-rolling your like ones and twos or all wounds with plague weapons is fantastic. And actually, a lot of plague weapons uh, can now be reasonably high strength or have pluses yeah. to wounds. So you're probably re-rolling everything anyway. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, if you're versus Space Marines, for example, T4, and you're strength four, if you give them plus one to wound with either a spell or with uh, Veterans of a Long War, then re-rolling ones and twos to wound is, is the same as Arch Contaminator. It's re-rolling all failed wounds, isn't it? So, Indeed. Uh, very powerful indeed. And I mean, so obviously these Plague Wounds are going to be a target now because uh, they're, they're quite strong, it turns out. So how are we going to protect them? What's our best new strategy for this? I think there are probably two two or three main ways to do this you can do what we did last edition you can you can stick them in rhinos if you want to do something more mechanized you can give the rhinos disgustingly resilient for one cp now um and if you get to go first or they're hidden you get minus one to hit for smoke launchers that'll protect them for a bit Mm. um you can stack defensive buffs on them you can you know give them plus one toughness with spell um you can give them minus one to hit one of the plague surgeons gives you um re-roll ones and twos for disgusting and resilient and if you combine that with putrid fecundity for two or three cp depending on unit size you're getting plus one to your disgusting and resilient rolls so you're it's only threes that get through you're re-rolling ones and twos four up is also disgusting resilience they're incredibly hard to shift um and (laughs) yeah and that sorry that five uh up in vulnerable save from the noxious blightbringer relic um and they can probably have a two up armor save from a mephitic blight hauler giving them cover all the time or you can place them in cover the all the different sorts of terrain now give them minus one save your spells for the thing like there are so many ways to make them strong and just, just so they won't die or you can go back to what was often done in this edition which was um sticking a unit of poxwalkers in front of them and making them run up the board in front and make the plague marines untargetable using the cloud of flies strategy for one cp this is a little more interesting now with um, one of the plague companies the harbingers which is typhus's plague company in that you can now infiltrate your a unit of poxwalkers further up the battlefield turn one and you'll probably with the board sizes now you'll probably still be in range to cast your usual toughness boosting spell on them minus mm. one to hit so they'll last a surprisingly long amount of time and allow the rest of your army to catch up yeah for sure so we'll go into the play companies now so you've got seven blade companies here and a couple of them are extremely good and most of them are at least fine so harbinger is what is one of them and uh typhus is the captain of the harbinger so if you take typhus in this and he gets that keyword too and i've got an okay wall of trait and relic but that that stratagem there is probably the reason you would take them for anything uh, it lets you infiltrate uh, one or two harbingers box walkers at the board so do you think that's something that would see competitive play or do you think this is something which we might leave is is fun definitely and decent, decent but might stay on the uh, on narrative tables more i think this is something that people who love shambling horns of zombies will really <laughs> buy into and love to play i think if some of the other plague companies didn't exist and different changes hadn't been made then this would have been great for again that you know Poxwalker <laughs> meat shield strat however there are there are some better plague companies that just give you so much more staying power and defensive power so i don't think this will see too much play but you know if you have typhus in your army like why wouldn't you take his he, he can benefit from unlike all the other name characters he can benefit from taking the um harbinger's faction keyword so it's just it's entirely appropriate and really not bad like 
your army's much better than it was before if you're running lots of poxwalkers. Absolutely right. I mean, it's it's, it's very powerful. So I mean, the other stratagem to uh, when the last model and the harbingers unit from your army destroyed inflict D3 mortal wounds on a on a unit that uh, attacked it. That's quite a nice little mini smite as well. It's not bad at all. It is, and there are actually quite a few of those now when models die, do mortal oh. wounds. And, you know, mortal wounds are never bad. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So we'll, we'll leave Harbingers for now, but the first company, it's not bad. Um, the Inexorable, what do we think of this? I'd say I was a, a little underwhelmed with this one. Um, yeah, me too. It's, it's not bad. Yeah, you can, you can give, um, for 1CP... Unholy Essence, you can give uh, vehicles the inexorable advance ability, which is the Death Guard's Legion trait, essentially. Um, mm. And it's not very good because it's, you yeah. know, to do with ignoring penalties for moving and firing, which now vehicles mostly do anyway with the new rules. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw this Legion trait updated when the new Death Guard Codex comes out. So if it gets changed to something else, We'll see. I'm not banking on it, but yeah. it's a possibility. Maybe they'll become good if Death Guard gets some ridiculously powerful monofaction ability. Believably, yeah. Um, the only thing I really think was good from this play company, though, is that Ferric Miasma strat. So this is a stratagem. You use it in your opponent's charge phase, and when an inexorable unit from your army is chosen as a target of a charge, declare for an infantry unit, you subtract two from their charge roll. That's quite useful, especially with the new charge... Uh, targeting rules you've got in ninth edition because since you have to make into every unit you declare a charge against and now if you're declaring multi charge obviously it might be a bit harder if it's a unit say five inches away and one seven inches behind that shifting that to a seven and a nine makes them probably not get in actually yeah it's i think that there's definitely some competitive kind of flirtations you could have with this yeah um, you could screen with your play bus crawlers that are monstrously mm. tough anyway stick plague spitters on them and it's worth spending a cp to overwatch with those and you know they're pretty big and chunky models as well yeah and now that death guard have a lot more kind of shooting to rely on as well you could you could definitely have a play around with these now it just so happens there's a much better plague legion trait for vehicles and demon engines (laughs) which kind of you know is a bit of a party pooper for this legion but i can see people doing clever things with um cutting down your ability to charge and holding off kind of key key objective areas so we'll see i mean one thing you might see is detachments of death guard vehicles and demon engines in maybe chaos space marine armies or something like no that's an interesting point yeah i could see it i could see them as an allied detachment right and i mean yeah Taking a patrol of something like this is not a bad option. I mean, a patrol only costs 2 CP and 9. That's not too bad. Just still starting off with 10 and getting 5 CP over the game. That's more than Death God had in 8th. So, I mean, it, it, there's, there's play there. I don't know if it's worth it, but there is play there, I think. Yeah. 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 So, Mortarian's Amble, I think, is where we start to get good good options. Indeed. So, it's... this is the uh, third play company. And they are the ones, you know, that uh, dash themselves against defences and destroy enemy uh, fortifications, etc., etc. This is the Terminator uh, <laughs> Legion. Like, yeah. do you love Terminators? Like, if you're playing Death Guard, you probably do. I own a lot of Terminators. I yeah. absolutely love Death Shroud. I think they're so cool to look at. I've always thought they were quite good. They have not been regarded as good. Uh, until relatively recently they were just used as ablative wounds to drop down around morty so he can transfer wounds to them and he won't get shot off the table turn one now for for various reasons they're a lot better they've received points drops recently 
um, to kind of the level. I don't know if they might be slightly under Blight Lord Terminators now, but they're they're certainly takeable. This trait, uh, it's another one of the. It varies depending on the size of the unit. So this is you target a Mortarion's Anvil, terminate a unit from your army uh, when they're targeted for an attack. So it's a bit like a, a knight activating ion shields. Um, it allows you to reduce the damage characteristic of a weapon targeted to them by, by one to a minimum of one. And five or fewer models, it's two CP. More than that, it's three CP. Um, because they have two wounds apiece anyway, and because of Disgusting and Resilient, the only way to reliably shift Death Guard is multi-wound weapons. So mm-hmm. a way to kind of make Plasma ineffective uh, against them, or actually, for yeah. most of the time, D3 weapons as well, particularly because they have two wounds. Yeah. It's incredibly strong, and it makes them so much more durable. Absolutely. So, I mean, shooting, obviously, is where they normally get killed, isn't it, right? Because they are very slow models. There's not really any bonuses to charges in the Codex. Um, so for dropping in off Deep Strike, they may well not make the charge, and then they might just die to shooting, which was quite sad, really, when it happened. Um, but allowing these guys to minus one's damage card rescue is, is huge, honestly. It makes a big difference. And anyone who's, you know, fought, I don't know, Iron Hands Intercessors, for example, which are, you know, 5 plus invulnerable save and 5 plus feel no pain, it's already hard to get through multi-wound models that have a feel no pain. Adding in minus one damage will make them pretty unmovable, honestly. I'd also like to take the moment to highlight one of the other stratagems, which is called Creeping Blight, which the first time I read it, I was like, oh my goodness, this is incredible. How did they give us this? Um, <laughs> it says, use the stratagem in the fight phase when a Death Guard unit from your army is chosen to fight with. Until the end of that phase, when resolving an attack made with a weapon by a model in that unit, add one to any damage roll made for that attack. And on a modified wound roll of a six, the armor penetration characteristic of that weapon is minus four for that attack. It's very good. Well, at first, I thought it was even better because I thought it was... I didn't read the damage roll, so I was like, wait, yeah, so yeah. Plague, Plague Knives are now can be damaged too and you can get that AP minus four or six. No, it's only melee weapons that you roll damage for. Yeah, so, it's okay, but it's very good still. It's very good on Death Shroud because yeah. Death Shroud scythes... They, Death Shroud have a high strength. They're strength five and the, the scythe is strength plus three. So strength eight is a very good strength to be particularly when you have veterans of the long war. So, you know, anything tougher than that, you can get that handy plus one to wound. And then AP minus three, but they're D3 damage, which when you're going through, you know, the classic two wound Primaris uh, intercessor squad or, you know, custodies or anything with more than one wound, D3 is swingy. Now you're always doing at least two damage and up to four, which is just fantastic. And, you know, they're already AP minus three, but, you know, it's nice to get an AP minus four, but it's that extra one damage. There, they will tear through anything particularly if you've got your like freshly buffed tally man up at the front of your army as well and they're re-rolling all hits and all wounds with their plague weapons oh, it's, well, i mean it's they also add in of course the tally man relic from example <laughs> which gives you exploding sixes to hit within a seven inch aura so again if these guys get in with that most buffs up they're going to do quite a lot of damage actually oh they really are i can't wait i can't wait to trial <laughs> this out units of five i think because you're yeah. now while we have way more cp now as you've heard, there are so many things you want to spend CP on. I'd drop in a unit of five Death Shroud, see what they can do. Or indeed, stick them in a Land Raider. <laughs> Which, <laughs> well, I think the Land Raider might be an option, right? With Disgustingly Resilient, they might be going quite tough. Um, Mike and I have an ongoing joke that I think Land Raiders are really cool. However, they are terrible and the Chaos Land Raider did not get a points cut when the uh, Loyalist yeah. Land Raider did. 
Uh, put it this way, I don't see them going up at all for ninth edition, right? So we we have seen leaks from the Space Marine Land Raider points at this point, and they have gone up a grand total of, I think, six points. So I don't really see anyone else as changing that much either. Please. It would be really nice if they were viable, wouldn't it? But yeah. And there were some great Land Raider play, uh, Death Guard conversions out there that, you know, <laughs> it would just, it would make it fit the tabletop so much more. Yeah, it'd be very... <laughs> Very cool. And, then and you so- can get a five up invuln as well from the uh, the Noxious Blightbringer relic. That five up is Death Guard models. Uh, yes, it is. It's true. There's some. I, I think with a five plus invuln and a five plus fairy pain, it becomes an absolute beast. You're not shifting it off the table, are you? I mean, they have what sixteen wounds to begin with, so therefore they, they become quite tough. Yeah. And you know, there's a f- couple. If you really want to go in, this is me getting a bit too obsessed with wanting to make my units good. But you can turn those lads, last cannons into plague weapons if you've got like uh, <laughs> someone dropping in with a bolt pistol, and you take the uh, oh. worm spitter relic that you know anything it hits, all of the weapons targeting it are now plague weapons. Probably going a little bit too far and trying to make it work, but you know it's kind of funny. <laughs> it's definitely fun, yeah. And I, I don't, I don't think it's competitive, but I think it's, it's fun. I, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe Landris. There's a few people who think seem to think transports will be a thing in this edition and i mean i can see an argument for you know a five plus in one five plus four pain laundry to sitting on an objective it's we not it's not terrible anyway there's also the last thing in motorian zamba which is probably worth talking about is relaptic assault which use the strategy when your opponent's charge phase and select one motorian zamba infantry unit from your army until the end of that phase you can perform a heroic intervention if it's as if it's a character now the reason i think that's extremely good is because well as we've said, we don't always make enough for charge all of these Terminators, right? Or there might be enemy infantry have come to try and uh, grab your objectives off you because you're a low model army really compared to, you know, horde armies like uh, Guard or Gisela Cult or any of the others like that. Having the option to then heroic into them for a CP and then clear them off with your, you know, Death Shroud Terminator seems quite good. Oh, it's great. It's almost like they're performing how bodyguards should for <laughs> Death Ground. Uh, and also remember that we've been talking about all these wonderful support characters the death guard have mm. and they're going to be stuck in the middle of your big plane marine blob so while there's you know your blob might be starting to thin out a bit and you're struggling to keep units in coherency um it may be that one of the enemy kind of character assassins or something can sneak in and mm. be able to you know trap them or kill them with your uh, heroic intervening troops that's a you know a very good tool to have yeah well, and a great way to get extra movement as well for quite a yeah, slow army definitely. Definitely. Well, I mean, the other thing is, the new heroic intervention rules do not specify you have to end within an inch of an enemy model. Ah. <laughs> Therefore, you can just whittle around to get onto objective, yeah. Exactly. It's it's very strong. It just I suppose you have to start within three inches of an enemy. So it's a worthwhile thing to have that, I think. It's um it's very useful. Very useful indeed. And of course, the other big, big buff for heroic is that now, when uh, units are selected to, to fight in the combat phase, charging units fight first, but then after the charging units are fought, the enemy selects one. So a person whose turn it isn't. So if the enemy's not charging a thing in, like you're facing, I don't know, a gun line like Tau or Guard, then your heroic intervention models would fight first. I, I think this is a good time to mention what I think is possibly now one of the best models in the game that was yes. always good, but now they're even better. The Foul Blightspawn. Um, is, yes, it's auto take, yeah. Is he's he's absolutely fantastic, particularly now because he has his revolting stench aura that enemy units that charge this turn and that are within seven inches of this model at the start of the fight phase lose their ability to 
strike first they just fight as usual now before when someone charges you you do charging units and then the enemy get to select but now that the person being charged will get to select their models first you're you're actually this is great you can you know you could have heroically intervened with your demon prince over your troops and kill whatever's got there because it can't fight yet yeah you can just attack with your big plague green bot that we've established now pretty good in close combat it's great a seven-inch arrow is actually quite large, isn't it? Is the thing, especially on a smaller board. That fourteen-inch diameter is huge. So, I, yeah, it's. I think you always take one. I mean, there may have been argument for taking two. Uh, yeah, and also there, we'd be remiss to mention their plague sprayer, which is the, the yes. one of the best up there with the shock attack gun for one of the memeiest weapon in the game. Two uh, d six flamer um, that you also have to roll two d six to. Uh, sorry, two d six for the strength and uh, d6 flamer ap minus three flat three damage plague weapon nine inches however we have two key stratagems that help us now um falgush for one cp that lets you um roll an extra dice for determining the number of attacks and discarding the lowest and mm. the same for strength i believe which yep. just you know it's so much less swingy now like you're always going to be getting a good roll with it definitely and also, I'm, I'm trying to find the um, stratagem in the book. Essentially, it buffs uh, the range of a plague weapon by, I think, six inches for once a year. Yes, which... this is another really powerful stratagem we've got now. And there's some other really important combos we should talk about, without, such as um, adding six inches to the range of a plague marine squad throwing all the grenades at once. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, the uh, the the massive plague grenade, blight grenade combo that everyone has been wanting <laughs> to work for the whole edition and which, no, it, does you know, it does work it does work i think it has to be a little bit of a perfect storm but it does work it's now significantly more likely to work yeah uh, particularly with your now you're encouraged to run big blobs of plague marines so you know you've got your everyone's throwing their grenades that's been uh buffed into hyper blight grenades by death god support characters uh, cool um, right, we'll move on to the Wretched, I think, for fourth play complete. So Mortorian's Anvil, very good. Definitely one of the top top three um, of these play complete. The Wretched, anyway. So these are all about demons, aren't they? Yeah. They're, you know, it's it's pretty fluffy. As I said before, mortal wounds are never bad. They get to buff the mortal wound output of their uh, malignant plague casters. And then there's a bit of a focus with the Rotted Veil for 1 CP. You um, get to, instead of rolling two dice for Demonic Ritual, you roll one and then just add seven to it, which yeah. is really good if you want to summon. Slight, I don't think it's okay. great. It's not the best. I think it's interesting. I mean, summoning armies when they turn up with a top player are generally extremely good. I don't know if you'd want to do that with Death Guard, though, because you're only really summoning Nurgle stuff. Yeah, it's, it's hard because now, you know, your character can still move with this stratagem and some of them in as well. But yeah. you're going to be summoning in plague bearers that no longer have their stacking minus ones to hit with the new rules. Yeah. And they don't have any of their support characters. That is what kind of yeah. makes them more deadly. It's a bit underwhelming. And even, uh, you can't roll high enough to get a great unclean one. So yeah. kind of just take if you want to run Death Guard with Nurgle Demons, which, you know, very fluffy great fun you're not going to be you're going to take them as a demon detachment dedicated itself rather than as summoning points yeah i think so too it's a bit of a shame but um it's a it's fine if you really want to make something work with death guard you could try it but you know that uh sevenfold blessing strategy before we got one of the dice and psychic tests is great but um yeah it's okay 
Cool. Let's uh, talk about something much better then. The pop-ups. <laughs> oh lord, they come in. This is the <laughs> pos. I think probably the strongest one out of it's all of this. It's the second strongest, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, but the, the really interesting thing is it changes the build entirely. So we've talked about Terminators being very strong so far, and, po- and talked about Plague Marines being very strong. We haven't talked about Demon Engines quite so much. And the reason you take Pluxmongers is pretty much for the relic, right? The relic called Iron Clot Furnace. And what it is, is models in Pluxmongers Demon Engine units from your army have a 4-plus invon save whilst they're units within 7 inches of this relic. That is insane on units that are already so tough. Yeah, like the, the thing is, I often Death Guard vehicles wouldn't really die anyway. You'd have to be facing like very shooty armies or very strong melee characters that have managed mm-hmm. to get in. Now they, you know, they really don't die. You have <laughs> an ability with the flux abated to heal them as well. And actually, two major things: the changes to the vehicle rules. Lots of the the plague burst crawlers, their demon engines, as a mythic mm-hmm. light haulers, bloat drones. Death Guard don't have access to. Demon Forge, the Chaos Spaceman strategy that lets you reroll all hits and all wounds, which was, you know, mm-hmm. what made Demon Engines really playable because they have a base four up ballistic skill. And if you move with them, obviously previously that had went up to a five, which was just bad, particularly with Plague Burst Crawlers, that if you don't have Plague Splitters, they're low shot weapons and you would just miss more often than not, or you'd have to spend a CP every turn to cancel that minus one to hit. And it just they didn't die, but they didn't do very much either. Now, they're a lot more killy and a lot, lot more resilient, and they're just going to be really hard to shift. And I think we're going to see a lot of kind of either Death Guard armies built around this or certainly kind of spearhead detachments uh, of Death Guard tanks that just will not be shifted. Very believable, yeah. And I mean, they become even stronger, don't they, play burst crawlers, since you've now got the accelerated entropy stratagem as well. So that is, you select one Plague Burst Crawler model from your army pre-game, and then Entropy Cannons on all friendly Plague Burst Crawlers within seven inches of that model, then count their damage rolls minimum of three, uh, rather than being able to roll one or two and, you know, fluff the damage roll. That makes those options much more attractive, especially in what's probably going to be quite a vehicle-heavy meta. It really does. And when I read this again, I was shocked that I thought, wow, giving this for one CP to one, model is good but the fact that it's an aura is absolutely incredible um remember as well we're plague but uh the uh plague mortar is going to be a blast weapon too which is Mm going to be very useful coming into ninth and also death guard don't have or haven't so far had a great deal of strong ranged anti-tank weaponry mm-hmm. um i actually did try and run the entropy cannons because i liked the idea of my playbook crawler sitting at the back taking out vehicles but often again with toughness um uh with strength eight versus a lot of toughness eight vehicles the four up you know wasn't wasn't that great now the fact that you have a minimum damage on them mm-hmm. and that they're plague weapons so you can re-roll their wound rolls Ah, they they're gonna be very strong. I think so. And especially I mean, Blast is a double edged sword, of course, right? Because if they go forward and they get trapped in combat, Blast doesn't let you shoot into combat. But then they've also got the stratagem, Billy's Blood Rush, which lets a demon engine unit fall back and shoot normally. So they don't even have that issue. But- to be honest, it doesn't really affect Plague Burst Crawlers because they have a minimum range on their gun of the, sure. on their 12 inches. So if they get charged, like even if it wasn't a blast weapon, they're not shooting anyway. So the blast weapon, <laughs> blast rule is just a, a net bonus for them. No negatives attached. Sure, sure. Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah, he's always history. It's history. Um, it just, as I say, would let them target other stuff in the enemy's army if, uh, if they need to come, go do, do so. Yeah, true. And actually, the, um, the little... Uh, 
the the stratagem to increase the range on plague weapons as well that's yes. quite useful because they are a good range but they're not incredibly long range you're still mm -hmm. wanting like mid board with this army and giving you that extra six inches is often kind of the difference between being able to hit that kind of tanky artillery unit on the backfield and just having to shoot at infantry well the other unit i think is really really improved with this is probably defilers because defilers now obviously going to be improved anyway because they can move and shoot i mean they're a mixed combat and shooting platform right but now they can move and shoot without penalty which is a big buff and then if you give them a four plus inbound save that moves along with them then they're going to be actually quite dangerous yeah with that and their ability to take disgustingly resilient is just you know it's great it's so many extra <laughs> extra wounds that they functionally have um, yeah it's and that's what I, I love about this update. All these units in the codex were that were essentially just dead space because people didn't really take them unless, you know, they just really liked the model because mm -hmm. they weren't particularly death guardy and they weren't particularly good. And we don't have access to a lot of the Chaos Space Marine uh, units like um, the, uh, I can only think, Disco Lord, Lord Discordant is able to buff. Uh, we don't have that. So there's, there was previously no real way to make our demon engines better. But now, ah. Oh. Yeah, it's great. and defilers as well. A lot of them, they have like battle cannons, which are actually really good, and they're also a pretty good target for. Um, they have a lot of rolling for damage on their melee weapons too, so that's mm. another potential stratagem use there on them Definitely. as well. Definitely, very good. Uh, I, I like that a lot. It's one of the better uh, play companies, I think. One of the top two, definitely, maybe top one. But yeah. Let's talk quickly about Ferryman then before we get onto the other really interesting one. Ferryman is is not bad, right? Like there's some quite decent builds there for Terminators, I think. I think the Ferryman is good if you want to take a lot of Blight Lords with double bolters because they yeah. get a stratagem that for for one CP you can add one to the hit roll of attacks with a, a model in that unit. In yeah, I, I think if you go for that, obviously you then pop Relentless Follows as well. And then yes. with the combo bolts, obviously that's Red Rapid Fire 3 instead, so that's quite a lot of shooting. And again, you could buff that with AP minus 4 and 6 to wound. It's a lot of CP you're dumping into it there. Probably yeah. isn't the and, and Veterans of the Long War as well, and, you know, re-rolling Plague Weapons. It's, it's you, effective, you and it, yeah. Yeah. it's a fun thing to build, like, a large unit around, but mm. I don't see it as particularly something to build an army around. Yeah, that, I have the same opinion. I mean, the Warlord trait might be quite good in ninth with the changes to morale. Uh, adding two to the result of a leadership check rather than the one you normally see with these rolls is actually a bit of a difference, but it's okay. Yeah, in fact, Death God have quite a few ways. Now, they had a few ways before, but they have even more ways now to negatively affect morale mm. for their opponents. Uh, I just, we'll see, of course, in ninth, we're going to see people failing morale more, uh, particularly now in Same Bravery, mm -hmm. once, once per battle. But also, it's probably not that effective against most yeah. units, so it just seems a bit of a waste. And you're, you're definitely going to be taking one of the Warlord traits from the, the base book instead of this. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. Cool. Let's talk about the last one there. I think this is my favourite. I don't know if it's yours. Mortarian's Chosen Sons. Yes. While, while I love Terminators, as I mentioned earlier, my kind of personal narrative is built around my, my Plague Surgeon. So, of course, I'm going to go with the army that boosts Plague Surgeons. And <laughs> really, this Mortarion's Chosen Sons, I feel like most of the stuff it offers isn't that valuable, apart from uh, Alchemical Narthesium, 
uh, for one CP uh, before the battle. Until the end of the battle, replace a Mortarion Chosen Sons Plague Surgeon, tainting Narcissism ability with this one, which is when rolling distinctly resilient, Mortarion Chosen Sons infantry models can re-roll a roll of a one or a two while within three inches of the Plague Surgeon, which yeah. when you're while three inches isn't very much, you're running a big blob of plague marines and you're making it as tough as possible and when combined with the plus one to disgustingly resilient that plague marines can get and spells to boost their toughness minus one to hit and now yeah. this they're, they're just they're just not dying well i mean alembical northeastium so that we roll ones and twos and putrefic together give you effectively it works out maths wise the same as a three plus disgustingly resilient roll which is um which is gross that that's <laughs> Um, I don't really see how you, you shift 20 Plague Marines with, you know, 5 plus invul save and their 3 plus shug damage roll. So, <laughs> it's got, and I think we will just see armies composed of like almost tiny Plague Marines because you have like a 20-man a blob that's incredibly buffed up and disgustingly strong and you're unable well, to kill. And then another blob that is untargetable because they're slightly behind them. Quite possible. I think you might instead see that split into like four ten mans, honestly, because of the objectives being on both sides of the board and want to push up both flanks. I think you may rather see, yeah. I I mean, I see kind of one, I would like to run one big blob that is mainly mm -hmm. going in on the melee and then another one that's more on the shooting and be slightly more aggressive with the melee. And the thing is, like, yeah, you may be stacking your buffs on one thing, but base death guard are still pretty survivable. And you're banking on your opponent being more scared by the distraction con effects of your like huge <laughs> beefed up melee blow coming forward. So was it in fact probably what's more likely is you have one large powerful unit and then lots of demon engines to support them. But Yeah. So I we mean shall... Well, we've covered the play complete now, so I think what we'll talk about briefly is some builds we could see going forward. Yeah. So what do you think you would like to do with your army? How would you like to run it now? Well, I I've been the thing I'm most excited about for ninth edition is Crusade, and I've already already mentioned that you know I like winning, but at heart I'm more of a narrative player, and Crusade is just like the perfect way to uh, kind of build that narrative around your army and build their effectiveness. And so for the most part now, I've been focusing on building smaller lists, 500 mm-hmm. to 1,000 points. At that level, um, I just love the idea of having that reasonably large plague marine unit mostly melee weapons but with a couple of blight launchers thrown in as special weapons as well because they're just too good not to take and you wrap up your defensive buffing buffing characters in there your noxious blight bringer giving them five up involves and better advances your plague surgeon giving them all the disgustingly resilient and with warlord traits because he has to be my warlord the uh, plague weapon re-rolls it's just it's like a re-roll fortress and Mm. As you add more and more on, you just make this blob stronger and stronger to a armor save from giving them cover. It'd be interesting to see what the def- new definition of cover is for the Mephitic Blight Hauler. Like, sure. could it be minus one? To- I, I imagine it will just be like giving them plus one to their armor save as usual. Um, and then also adding in like Plague Burst Crawler at the back. That's great. Maybe a few Terminators. If we're going on to more competitive stuff, again, I think you're, you're going to be going probably all in on your aggressively large plague marine blob you can bring i think you can bring mortarian now into strategic reserves Um, he's something he's just so strong uh he will kill anything and it's great to be able to pop him at the side of the battlefield and actually bring him in 
for competitive, you'll still want to bring an allied detachment of, you know, Thousand Suns or Chaos Space Marines to give okay. it warp time, to okay. give them to give them death death hex. We'll we'll see how much that affects the amount of command points you have, but it's like mm. Mortarium with warp time, he needs it to get in. Death Hex, if you're against, yes, you'll destroy kind of most space marines and stuff with a lot of your buffs, but if you're running against Custodes or Thousand Suns or anything with a high invul, I've seen Mortarian with so many times with his like strong mm-hmm. attacks against things with a high invul. Um, so it's just that the, the Death Guard psychic discipline is solid and really good, and the only bad thing about it is that it isn't the Chaos Space Marine psychic di- discipline. <laughs> <laughs> so having like a supreme command or of um, sorcerers, I, I think even with all the other buffs we have, players will probably still take that. Now, don't get me wrong, I think you can probably run quite a strong competitive list, Monofaction Death Guard, and when I probably join Conscript Hugh for his uh, first tournament experience, I'll probably also be there for my first tournament experience, and that's the route I'll be going down. But yeah, I'd be remiss to say, uh, if I didn't mention that having a Demon Engine, Poxmonger, contingent in your army isn't going to make a kind of heavy presence in most competitive lists because you know this has been the thing with vehicles they've been easy to tag and they've been quite easy to kill for lists that are now prepared to go up against knights Mm. possibly every round but these vehicles are so strong that even like most knight busting weapons are gonna take a few rounds to whittle you down yeah for sure well uh, that's interesting that you say you you still prefer to go the soup route i guess if you're going with mortarium i think you might be right i'm not sure because sure so if you outflank mortarium then you can be safe turn one turn two i think you can probably just bring him in turn three if you've cleared all the screens and stuff in a pure army and have him walk down the side of the board because mortarium alive you know turns one and two is one thing but alive turns Four and five is quite a different thing to try to deal with. Uh, this is true, and he doesn't. I haven't had much experience of that because he doesn't often. Yeah, get it doesn't there. often. Happen, and if he does get there, you've won the game. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this is the thing, right? If if he's if he's there, turn four and five, most of the weapons that can interact with him and kill him are gone. Uh, I've never lost a game where Mortarion's still been alive on turn four. Yeah, I I think that's probably most people's experience actually. That's interesting. I I think personally, I would probably go pure with them. Actually, if I was going to go super tall, I would I would go for a Materian's chosen Sun's detachment, and then say a uh, either a spearhead or head or a patrol of Poxmongers and take DNA engines that way. Yeah, I think I think if I were taking Mortarian, I would probably want the Psychers uh, from oh. other legions. But if I'm just going in on the Plague Marines and Terminators, which actually I think in some senses can be stronger than Mortarian. He's often just a big distraction. Yeah, I'd be quite comfortable going Morning Faction. In fact, it'd be a necessity because you need so many CP now in order (laughs) to make them as tough as they need to be and as strong as they need to be that you can't afford to take allied detachments. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? I mean, so for example, if you do take your, you know, couple of big blobs of plague marines and then you want say two plague surgeons with a lemical northeastium behind them you're probably then going to give one of them the uh re-roll ones and twos to wound with hypertoxic tinctures as well so that's three cpu spent free game there and then <laughs> you're going to start adding on you know uh extra relics potentially so you can take the demon's toll bell and then it produces blade as well on a demon prince you're talking like four or five free game and then you've got you know you're 12 to start with, so that's maybe seven you're starting with, and then another five. 
it is worth mentioning that the the tally man unless this changes he's one of the few models that can recoup more than one command yeah. point from a stratagem and you know while this won't be going off incredibly often you know on those games where you do roll that um that seven on two dice with him after you've um popped your um putrid fecundity for three cp on a 20-man plague plague <laughs> marine squad that will like <laughs> probably swing the game massively yeah, in your favor i think the thing about death guard is they're a they're a reactive army and while they have more teeth <laughs> now i think in some ways they're they're even more reactive that foul blight spawn aura that lets you respond to charging units before they get you uh it's you you now just have this big blob that takes the midboard as quickly as possible and that if your enemy lets you get close up in your into their face and they're trying to respond you just have the answer to most things you have the means to blunt their attacks and you have the means to respond so it's it's a very scary thing if you, you let them yeah. get into the position they want to be and taking those two kind of large midboard objectives yeah absolutely so i think that's probably going to be the game plan for a lot of these armies it's going to be you'll have you know two or three maybe plague burst claws at the back with probably the entropy cannons actually to try and reach out and touch things. And then you'll take, you know, either 10 man or maybe up to 20 man blocks of plague marines that go forward with these buffing characters, maybe up to flanks, try and hold those objectives. And then when they, because the enemy's going to have to come to them to take the objectives to score any primary points, they then engage. Yeah. And for the, um, for you kind of narrative out players out there, I've already mentioned there are so many things that you allow you to build your army around different single aspects. Oh, my uh, play company is really obsessed with poxwalkers. Actually, mine is really obsessed with these kind of relic um, tanks that we have from pre-heresy. You can now make that work in a friendly game and you won't be punished for playing with models that you really like, no. which I think is a wonderful place for the hobby to be in. Absolutely. I really do agree with that. And I think, the biggest change to that really is the way in which games are scored now, actually, because it really changes it so that these armies that weren't necessarily the killiest were very good at holding also have a place in the game as well as the ones that just alpha struck you off the board. I think it is worth mentioning that with Death Guard, they're an army that particularly in competitive, they, you know, you have to play into their survivability and you have to play around the fact that you're going to be stronger in the second half of the game because you have more stuff left over. Mm-hmm. Games are now five rounds long. <laughs> you're, you have less time to exploit that advantage. So I, I think that's a little bit of a tacit nerf. But... It's interesting, wasn't it? So, I mean, but then on the flip side, you're no longer scoring primary points in the first round. So yes. if they get on those objectives first turn, doesn't really matter. Yeah. Yeah, different. Very different. Look forward to play it. Well, I think we have had a thorough run through of the Death Guard there. Thank you, Benedict. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. It's been a, it's been a real pleasure and it's got me enthused in an <laughs> army that has been kind of gathering dust and probably mould for the past <laughs> few months. So uh, I shall be, until this uh, lockdown life is over, I shall be probably getting my collection of heretic marines out and fighting them against each other. And, uh, <laughs> you can uh, think of me theory crafting and and crying to myself but uh you know sharpening my dull plague weapons for a time when we can meet again on the field oh, I'll and then we'll have some custodians versus death guard games and i'll, I'll just sit there and then I'll keep there. <laughs> yes no <laughs> one is dying in that game it's, no no uh... one will die at all, no. <laughs> <laughs> well brilliant thank you verdict and thank you all for listening so that has been conscripts corner and if you have enjoyed it please do like and subscribe and do all the things you do with podcasts and uh, catch us again next time. That's bye from me, and it's bye from Benedict.
Goodbye.